Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by super nutritious, super delicious Aloha Protein Powder. Get through the holiday rush with a rush of pure, energizing plant-based protein. Choose from chocolate or vanilla blends for 18 delicious grams of protein power built from the very best whole food ingredients. Enter promo code ALOHA20 on aloha.com to get 20% off orders of $50 or more through December 31st, 2015. This episode is also brought to you by Thrive Market. Here at Nomad Athlete, we care about what we put in our bodies, but as anyone who favors whole organic foods knows, good food can get expensive. Enter Thrive Market, an online shopping club offering the best brands and groceries for up to 50% off retail price and shipped all over the United States for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash athlete to start your free two-month trial and get 15% off your first order. This is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 118 of No Meat Athlete Radio. I am the co-host, Doug Hay, and I'm joined, as always, by Matt Frazier. Matt, how's it going? It's going great, Doug. You did an excellent job with that intro. Oh, thank you. I wonder if people just thought my my voice got deeper and more, more, more robust. Gruff. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, maybe. Sexier I don't know. is what I'm Sexier. trying to say without actually saying. <laughs> um, no, that was fun though. Yeah. So, anyway, we're talking about uh, winter running today. Not just I running, but winter. Oh, yes. In winter right. living. And because we already have a winter surviving episode. Winter. Yeah. Right. And we didn't want to do that same episode again. So you should have, you should have let me finish out the uh, the intro there. I wouldn't have messed <laughs> that up, man. <laughs> All right, good. So let's do that. Uh, I think it's appropriate that you started the show because you're the you're the outdoors guy among us between us. Yep, I well, the I, great outdoors. You do. I and I prefer the much greater indoors <laughs> uh, and stay in them whenever possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done my share of, of winter running, and I've done my share of other winter activities and like you said we're not just talking about running today so this this will be fun uh timely it, it is cold today it's been cold all week here really yeah Frosty cars been, every morning that's right you're uh it's a little warm in this room we, we mentioned that several episodes i think and uh your wife erin suggested that maybe we crack a window and you were you were such a not an outdoorsman that you just no. immediately shut that There's down nothing <laughs> worse for me than wind inside the house if i can feel wind coming through my house i hate it that's just, so wild. I love you know. I, I love opening the windows air. and letting the no, no. breeze come through. It's no, great. I mean, you can't relax. You can't focus on anything. You can't relax. No, <laughs> I hate it. I need I need to seal calm air. All right. Constant temperature around my skin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway. Okay. So let's uh let's get started. I like winter. Winter is. I don't know. Maybe it has to do with that whole indoors thing, but I bet I bet an outdoors person could like winter as well. Sure. Um, I like. I don't know. I like when it's really cold out, and I it, it I find it sort of exciting and inspiring. Maybe because it's around New Year's, and I just associate all those feelings. My birthday is right before New Year's as well. Christmas is always the best holiday. <laughs> so you get all those things in a row. And it's After just, Black Friday, of course. Yes, yes, of course. So that Black Friday into Christmas into my birthday into New Year's. It's just like an epic stretch. So, I mean, it's no wonder that I that I just associate good feelings with the cold weather. You know, you know, for an indoorsman, you have the biggest tree in your house right now. <laughs> <laughs> you have brought the outdoors into your house in ways that I've never seen seen inside a inside a yeah, family. You're right. Before. Maybe that's maybe that's because uh, I don't do a lot of tree stuff. Otherwise, it is. <laughs> we always get a big one for Christmas, and this year was no different. Made a big green mark on our ceiling when we tried to wedge it into our house. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, that I honestly don't know if it's cleaned up yet or not, but I tried. Uh, yeah, it was quite a show getting that tree up. We got a tree that was a foot too tall for our house. We have nine foot ceilings, got a ten foot tree, mm-hmm. and uh, that that didn't work terribly well. So I had to cut it off. We didn't have a saw though, so I used a bread knife, the only serrated <laughs> saw like thing I could find. Um, my wife is the tools person in my house, and I don't know how she didn't didn't produce a saw, but something happened when we moved that we lost our saw. Mm. So anyway, got a tree. Uh, been watching the holiday movies, digging all that stuff. I have found, disappointingly this year, during our holiday episode, you may recall that I recommended two movies highly, uh, besides Elf, which is, is a pretty good one, but not nearly as good as my real favorites, which are Holiday in Handcuffs and Desperately Seeking Santa, which are like Netflix 
you know, made-for-TV type of movies, really, that, that Netflix is so good at showing and, and kind of reviving. Uh, neither one can be found on Netflix, oh, no. Amazon Prime, anywhere. They, you cannot watch those movies. Uh, however, this Friday at, I think, 11 a.m., there's going to be a showing of Holiday in Handcuffs on ABC Family. Some more calendars, Pretty pumped for that, yep. <laughs> uh, and then there's also a 7 a.m. showing, I think, on December 22nd or some, something around that. Look up abcfamily.com, look at their thing, and find Holiday in Handcuffs and watch it, because you can't watch it any other way. Are you going to try to catch both viewings? Yeah, some part of both. Yeah. I'm going to interview Dr. Michael Greger at noon on Friday, which is kind of a bummer, because... Maybe that's, you should tell them. Maybe you should t- really like reschedule. <laughs> You're like, hey, you know, I got Hollywood in handcuffs right. coming on. Yeah, I mean, and it's so much more important, right? I mean, the, yeah. Melissa Joan Hart and all AC Slater and all that compared to <laughs> How to Not Die. I mean, come on. I <laughs> <laughs> um, will understand for sure. That's a joke. I'm a huge fan of Michael Greger, and his new book is called How Not to Die. And I haven't read it yet, but I got it, and it is giant. Uh, so I'm excited to read it. And that'll be a good interview because he's—I don't—he's one of those vegan doctors who, to me, just gets it and is really scientific and doesn't bring the ethics into it. Which ethics is, is the reason that I started this, but that's not what I want to hear from the doctors. I want to know health-wise why Facts. this is the best thing. Science, yeah, totally. So that'll be good. Uh, another good interview I just did last night with uh, Baggio Husidic, who is a soccer player for the LA Galaxy. That episode's going to be coming up pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And uh, he himself is also vegan, which is pretty cool. He's got some some interesting background and uh, some inter- the results that have happened to him and his playing since he did this uh, have been good and they're quantified and it's really cool. So look for that one. Our first soccer player. Our first soccer player, yeah. Uh, no, I love soccer. I, well, okay, I don't love soccer. But I love the World Cup, and then I okay. say I'm going to love soccer after that. Yeah, I have this, like every I think, other. American. I think yeah, most Americans <laughs> yeah. do that. They get so pumped on the World Cup, and it's like I'm going to be a soccer fan after this. Mm-hmm. And then it, mm-hmm. three weeks later, you're watching baseball, and yeah, not caring about soccer. But anyway, um, yeah, so that was cool, and I'm excited. He actually invited me to come to a game, which that really cool. Yeah, go be a player guest at an LA Galaxy game. Cool, because he can fly you out there. No. Not going to do that. <laughs> but when I'm out there. Okay, let's get to our topic. We got winter stuff. Let's start with running, Doug. Uh, just is a natural place to start. People want to know how do you run in the winter. Of course, we do have an old episode about this, so you could go listen to that if you wanted to get more details. But I think the best advice I've heard about cold weather running is uh, Gold- Golden Harper told us this. I don't know why he was even addressing cold weather running because uh, this was back in September or October. But... Uh, he said the best way to, I'm, I'm going to botch this, but the best way to have a great cold weather run or, or to, to stay warm during a cold weather warm run is to freeze for the first 15 minutes of that run. Uh, and the point is, it's really easy to overdress for a cold weather run. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then there's nothing worse than just having all these layers on and being a mile and a half or two into your run and you're just sweating usually under your clothes and you're just so hot. Uh, I've done that many times, put on layers and layers and then feel terrible. Yeah. So I think it's a great tip is underdressed. I mean, it feels at first like you're underdressed and understand that you are going to warm up. Even when it doesn't feel like you're going to, you're probably going to warm up. And what you can do to help with that, I think, is do some movement inside. And you might have been like, gave me this tip. I don't know. But Or maybe it was Jason Fitzgerald. Um, but you can, if you do any sort of warm-up type stuff, do that inside and get your blood flowing and your heart rate up and your body temperature raises especially if you're already wearing some amount of clothing that right. it's going to protect you um get warm get that stuff started before you're in the super cold so you'll be a little bit too hot inside and then mm-hmm. go out in the cold and it might actually feel good for a few minutes so i think that's i don't know just a very simple tip um yeah i mean the only difference between cold weather running and hot weather running well, this is not true. I'm, what I'm about to say is not true at all. But <laughs> I'm going to say it anyway. Is is what you wear, right? Because, I mean, unless there's snow or ice on the ground and, um, you know, there's obviously certain things you got to worry about in the heat versus the cold. But if you're just going out for a three-mile jog, then the only difference is, is what you wear. So if you just dress for the appropriately for the weather, then it's not going to be that much different, right? It's not going to be that right. bad unless it's bitter cold. Um, and I'm talking about, like, way below freezing. We have to worry about the air in your lungs and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, for the most part, you just, you just dress according, appropriately. And for me, that's, that's three-quarter length tights. 
No shorts. I love those things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's the added aspect of how do you get yourself out the door when mm-hmm. it's that uncomfortable. Which, which I think is the flaw in Golden's idea, right? Because yeah, it's so, you know, when, when you're warm inside and you're thinking about going out in 30 degree weather and it's cold or maybe even rainy or windy or something like that then thinking about freezing for the first 10 minutes is the hardest part. The, the obstacle there is really just getting out the door. And so mm-hmm. if you know you're going to freeze for the first 10 minutes, that makes it that much harder. So I think if, if you're looking at it in the how am I going to survive an eight-mile run, then suffering for the first 15 minutes is nothing, and that's good. But if, if it's just going out, how am I going to get myself to go out and, the, and to run, then I think that, that that's right. a little harder when you think about freezing. So what one could do is do what I used to do a lot with long runs when I didn't feel like carrying nutrition with me is I would make sure my my route ran by the car or by my house after 30 minutes or an hour so that I could get that stuff. Mm -hmm. You could do the same thing, of course, with with your gear. Whatever your cold weather stuff is, you could run by 15 minutes later, drop off your extra layers, as long as you're dressed in a way that allows you to do that. Uh, So yeah, that wouldn't be too hard. And I've even heard of people and seen people stash stuff along a trail or something. Mm -hmm. And I guess there's some risk that it won't be there when you get back, but... Uh, in most cases, it probably is. So, uh, yep. pretty pretty obvious tip there, I guess. But um, you know, it's going. And I've seen people do interesting things, like not just wear regular shorts and t shirt, but then wear gloves and a hat or something right. like that. So, depending on how you are, I, this that has never worked for me. Like cause my hands, I don't feel like are the coldest part of my body, or or the part that if they stay warm, then I stay mm-hmm. warm. Although I think your head is a lot of people, it is that way. If your head stays warm you tend to feel warm all over. Right. Um, so there are things you can do like that, and then maybe you don't have to ditch so much. You, you might be able to carry your gloves or your hat with you once you get tired of wearing them. Uh, you could do one of those those hip new, what are they called, the things that we got from Ultra, those red Buffs, scarf. yeah, buffs. I was just going to suggest that. <laughs> so you could start out with a hat and then turn it into a neck warmer. Yeah, or a, and the cool thing about buffs and, and in general is that if you get hot, you can take it off and like wrap it around your wrist. So you don't have to hold it. So if you start as an ear thing and then you get too hot, you just wrap it around your wrist and uh, and then it's not a bother anymore. I also have a running jacket that, you know, where the armpits unzips up underneath the armpit, which allows a lot more air in. Mm, so I'll right. start with it zipped right. up and then unzip it later on. Mm-hmm. And then also, if you just have like a really thin shell that's just a windbreaker, because a lot of times during the winter, the wind is the worst part, right? Just a real thin shell that's just a windbreaker. And you can take that off and wrap it around your waist or something if you get too hot. But Are there running jackets? There must be. That that fold up because they're so thin that you can fold into like 3 inch by 2 inch pouch and just carry? Oh yeah. The uh, the the one I'm talking about is the Patagonia Houdini jacket. Oh yeah, we talked about the Houdini. Yeah. Oh yeah, we did, we did talk about that. Yeah, right. I never looked up what that actually means. Um, I was trying to remember. But it, it stuffs into its little lapel pocket. That the lapel mm-hmm. pocket, is that what that's called? Mm-hmm. Um, not a lapel, no. chest pocket. Um, and it's it's like the it's like smaller than your iPhone. Um, not my iPhone. Not well, you don't have an iPhone, but it's smaller than a iPhone, right? Um, and iPhone, and iPhone. Good. <laughs> and you can you know do whatever you want to with that. So it's amazing. Good. All right. So I mean, are there other tips for getting out the door? Then I mean, there's. There's all the regular getting out the door running tips, tips like like the if it's in the morning, sleep in your running clothes, just all the things where you're removing these possible barriers to you getting out the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only time I've really run very consistently over a winter, getting up in the mornings when it was like still dark out, is when I I did it with my dog, and I was in that Boston qualifying mode where I was so goal oriented that it didn't matter to me how uncomfortable it was. I was getting up. I think it was at six each morning. And went and got the run on, and it was still dark when I was done. Often, and it was it was you know, it's one of those things where you look back on it, and it's a really great memory of of working that hard and being that de- dedicated. To this day, I don't really know how I did that because it just <laughs> it just that seems so miserable to me now. Um, but you know, I had that that was my goal, and I had this value that I was going to get this thing done, and I was delusional in a way. I thought I was close to qualifying. It turned out I was still three four races away. Uh, the summer, the the summer or the winter that I did that was also the winter that I stopped drinking for three months. I did from New Year's until wow. my marathon in, I think it was in March, uh, Shamrock Marathon in Virginia Beach. I would not have a sip of alcohol, and 
ended up running a 3.36 marathon when I needed a 3.10. Wow. So I missed it. <laughs> so missed it by a minute per mile. Um, but that's that's how my Boston training went. I, I constantly thought that I was going to do it and then missed it by a ton, but a little bit less than the previous time. And then after six of those, I made it. You know, I, I have a tip for people. Okay. And this is just a general life tip for any runner who wears a Good. GPS watch. Okay. Uh, regardless of the temperature outside. One of the most annoying things is when you meet up with somebody to go run, and then you have to stand around for like three or four minutes while their GPS finds signal. Mm. And when it's cold outside, and you're by yourself or with somebody else, you definitely don't want to stand around doing that. I hate I hate it when that happens. Mm-hmm. But all you have to do is plug it in to your computer before you go for your run, right? and it locates all the satellites, and it will automatically just shoot right up and get signal, no problem. So if you don't want to stand outside in the cold... Get your GPS ready. Prime it. You know, it's funny. The same winter that I'm talking about, I ran with an early version of GPS where you would have this little GPS thing that you put on your shorts, and it would connect to your watch and your monitor. <laughs> and this was this was 2000. Did you have to carry like a briefcase thing or <laughs> yeah, like... turn a little crank every crank, now and then? Yeah. Uh, no, but I would put that device outside five minutes before my before I was ready to leave for my run, so that it could pick up the signals because it had to work on that for uh, a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So good, a good general life tip there. Okay, um, so other stuff with running. I mean, not everyone knows about what gear is available. You mentioned the, the zip-down armpits. Yep. If, I mean, if, if this is an issue for you, go to a running store and ask them because there's all kinds of stuff that you probably don't know about. If, it, if you're running on ice, there are those yak track things, that's what they're called, Yep. that will hook onto the bottom of your shoes and give you traction. Um, I have a pair of New Balance shoes that would be perfect for running in the snow. I run in them when it's really rainy and they, they're like a shoe with a full outer coating that zips up and goes above your ankle and uh i've run in a little bit in the snow with those but a lot in the rain and yeah i just didn't know that there were shoes like that and then mm-hmm. when i got them, actually ultra the lone peak that they have the trail shoe mm-hmm. they just put out a fully waterproof version that doesn't zip up above ankles like i think your new balances do um but you know if you're running through like sloshy snow or something like that then they would be perfect for that yeah so, I mean, stuff's out there. It's just, and there's lots of it, and it's it's expensive, and it changes year to year. Uh, but if you don't have anything, and you're just running in your, your same old sneakers and, you know, the stuff you have, you can probably solve the problem by going and buying this buying stuff you need. I, mean, I know that's not <laughs> exactly. the most satisfactory solution, but uh, for some people, it is. For some people, that, that is all they need to do, and, and they'll do that. Um, what about what about all the snot that comes out of your nose when you're running in the cold? I have snot coming out of my nose all the time anyway recently i've had i've had a terrible all allergy summer, thing really, for the... yeah it's been really bad uh and i've tried natural solutions neti pot you know what neti pot oh, is oh a neti pot every time you get a cold <laughs> yeah yeah i've never done neti pot before but i bought one and have been doing it and do you uh, have the actual pot or do you have the squeeze thing i got the pot okay i use the squeeze Porcelain. thing it's a little easier oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's quite an unnatural thing to have have this stream of water running in one nostril not the other one but it's cool right it really clears out it is cool it works mm-hmm. uh so i did that for Three four days, and then I finally bought the steroid medication that my uh, doctor said you should get, <laughs> and that has worked way better. Than uh, so that's been good. Has helped me sleep better for sure. So I don't I don't know quite why I have these allergies, but um, they have not gone away. Maybe you should get some fresh air in this house. Maybe that's what I need. Some nice breeze going through here. Mm-hmm. Never. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else with with running, Doug? I mean, you're you're the guy who's going to run more than I am out in the wintertime. Yeah, you know, arm sleeves are another trick. That's a good one. Um, Expand on that, please. <laughs> well, uh, you can go to noeathlete.com. <laughs> That's <laughs> not what I meant. <laughs> um, uh, no, so arm sleeves are, are, you know, I don't know if they started in bicycling or something. I don't know how they... NBA, shooting arm. You put one oh, on it. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I don't know if that's where they started out. But basically, it's just a really thin layer that is just a sleeve um you know most people would probably see them now but you know you, you, you can put it on where it, when it's cold out and then like put a t-shirt on uh and so that when it's hot when you warm up you just push it down to the end of your wrist and mm-hmm. then you're wearing short sleeves and a little bracelet you look cool yes and you can also i've done this you can wear them under a long sleeve shirt when it seems like a single long sleeve shirt isn't mm. going to be enough but to put on like the big heavy running shirt yep. thing is going to be too much. 
Uh, I've done that, and it seems kind of counterintuitive because you would think you should keep the core area warm and let the extremities do what they will. But I, I found that like the extremities seem to get cold often when the core is warm. Right. So uh, I've enjoyed that trick. Yeah, um, yeah the arm sleeves, arm sleeves are a great trick. I think um, when you're first running, it's hard to breathe in the cold. You know, your lungs will start burning a little bit and you'll start coughing. A buff or some sort of bandana or just some sort of um, thing you can put over your mouth to just warm up that air helps a lot. Um, you can always take those things off after you warm up too. Good. I don't know. I mean, just embrace it. Embrace the embrace the snow. Embrace the cold. You know, it's just, just wear the appropriate layers. And, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I mean, I think what it comes back to is what I said. I mean, having the right motivation. Like, why are you going to go out there and run when it's miserable for the first few minutes because mm-hmm. a lot of times it is if, if you even if you're doing it right uh it's harder to get out the door when it's mm-hmm. really cold so have have a really strong reason and it, we're coming up on new year so i mean it's not a terrible thing to do is think about what what is going to be your your big goal for next year and, and make your training have the meaning that it's laying the foundation for that if you're a trail runner now is like the perfect time to get way more views than you do during the summer oh yeah no leaves yeah no leaves you can see forever Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a huge bonus. Like I love running in the winter for that reason. Is that it's all about the views for you? Is that, that what the payoff is? No, but it's just like views exciting. You know, if you're running like a ridge line or some sort of something like that, you can just see for see for days. Mm-hmm. Is that the right? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, see yeah. for miles. See for miles. And you can take selfies of yourself. You can set up cameras yep. and take nice shots and of yourself. You can take great which I know selfies. you are a fan of. Yep. And if you're if it's cold out and your phone battery dies quickly because it's cold, just wear it close to your body. Excellent. Is that right? <laughs> Is that, does that work? Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, you know, it heats it up. Yeah, it keeps okay. it warmer. And, and yeah, the the phone phones do tend to, their battery will drain much quicker in the cold. I've had a phone fail in the, it was 18 degrees below zero. I was skiing <laughs> in Vermont and my cell phone just didn't work. Now you know why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Good. So anyway, follow Rock Creek Runner on Instagram for uh, selfies of Doug and views <laughs> and all that. Uh, let's move on to the next topic, Doug. We've got... Yeah, what happens if you don't want to run outside? You just refuse if you like the indoors. To, you, you just like the indoors. You like... You'd much rather go to the gym than you would... Which is a natural thing to do. I mean, one could say, I'm going to run when it's nice out, and when it's not, I'm going to pick indoor stuff. Yeah. And I'm going to do that instead. What are some good indoor activities we'd recommend? I mean... It depends what you're into, right? I mean, there's, there's, you can, you can get Julian Michaels DVDs. You can yep. get an inflatable ball and sit on that, and you can do, do things. Uh, what's that popular boot camp thing? Don't uh, know. Okay. Billy Blanks, Tybo. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I do not know. Zumba. Zumba. That's a good one. I don't know. If you you know take what that Zumba is. classes. Yeah, it's like a classes, dancing, yogas, thing. all yeah. kinds of good things like that. Um, I mean, I think there's lots of stuff you can do indoors that isn't exercise, but that just adds up to moving and doing things. Uh, we, we have a whole episode about standing desk, mm-hmm. and I don't know how that shakes out with in terms of calories burned. And I don't know that calories burned is everybody's goal here, but um, you know, if you just don't want to feel like you're sitting around all winter in your house, then stand up in your house all winter at the <laughs> desk. Uh, I've been trying something that was sent to us to to review and that's called a fluid stance uh it's like a board like a i mean i don't know a balance board is that what these things are called yeah but it's not just in one direction it's like two dimensions of movement it's basically a half of a ball on the bottom of it Mm -hmm. um and so i thought it was something that would prevent your knee because i thought when i do the standing desk my default position after any amount of time is i will cross my legs which is weird because you don't ever i wouldn't know you're standing that up but or stand up that way, but I guess that's kind of what becomes the easiest way to stand. Is I'm crossing my legs, all my weight is on one leg, and I'm standing there like a flamingo. And it doesn't seem like I mean I don't know if that's better than sitting still, but it certainly doesn't seem like that's as good as standing normally at the desk. No, well, uh, you're shifting all your posture and you're putting right, and, you know, weight on certain parts of your body that. So to stand like that for for the good part of an hour, right, and then to do that throughout the day many times is probably not a good thing. Uh, so anyway, this thing I thought was going to help with that just because there'd be this challenge of having to balance. So you'd constantly be needing to adjust your weight. Uh, it turns out it's not really challenging to balance, especially when you can have your hands supporting yourself on the desk. Um, 
but it's really fun to play with, which is actually the <laughs> point of it. You you sit there and it's it's sort of as if you're on a skateboard that is way easier than a skateboard. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I'm not doing any kickflips or any tricks like that yet. <laughs> but um, I'm gonna come over here next week, and you're gonna I'm be jumping in the <laughs> I'm like, why hasn't? Why haven't you responded to any of my I'm like, emails? I'm like, tall socks up to my knees. And become, like, <laughs> yeah. wearing all this vans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but I don't you know. It spins 360 degrees, and so you can just be kind of there. You can move your hips while you're writing a blog post, and mm-hmm. it well, just and it would make it really hard for you to stay on one foot, right? Like I've, a I've done it. If you get really centered on it, you can. And I found myself do that accidentally, not even trying to do it. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, the life finds a way. I, I managed mm-hmm. to find a way to, to do something mm-hmm. bad. Uh, but no. But most of the time, I'm I'm moving, rocking back and forth, or twisting, or something. And uh, they said in the in the manual that that kind of stuff just promotes creativity, and who knows if it really does. But certainly going out for a run, I mean that I, I know that promotes creativity. So I would imagine doing some sort yeah. of movement is better than blood flow. None. Yeah. So anyway, little free advertisement for fluid stance. There, um, it's a cool device. Check it out. And I've mentioned many times in my blog the hand grinding of coffee, which I'm finally really tired of and ready to just get a normal burr grinder. Oh yeah, and just because. <laughs> The, the hand grinding coffee, it's made by Hario, H-A-R-I-O. I mentioned it in our Christmas episode or, or holiday episode. Um, it's, I mean, it's fun. It's it's hard to do. It takes you a minute before every cup of coffee of actual work, and it is hard work. I mean, you, you definitely raise your body temperature a little bit doing that. It's not easy. And little things like that throughout the day, I mean, I think the more the more that you make your food from scratch, tons of things. You burn calories throughout the day by doing little things and not – using modern conveniences for every possible situation in your life. And I really do think those kind of calories add up. Uh, I've read, there's a good book called, by Dan Lieberman called The Story of the Human Body that talks about those ideas and the way that this little bit of calories here and there really add up. And that that's kind of one of the big differences between us and, and our ancestors is, is not so much giant movements. It's not like there were tons and tons of walking that we're not doing because we do, a lot of us do a lot of walking. Uh, but they're just little little things that cost calories here and there that we tend to to uh outsource nowadays so lots of stuff like that um but yeah i'm gonna get a burr grinder a, a good electric burr grinder because that's why i got this thing originally was because it's the way to have a burr grinder that's cheap right versus a blade burr grinder. grinders are not not cheap in general no. we, did we talk about blade grinders last time i think we talked a little about the difference yeah yeah you don't want dust in your coffee you don't want tiny little particles you want uniform particles Anyway, that's a, that's a different episode. You have to, you have to get married. Then you can get a bur- bur- grinder again. Get married? Again. That's how I got mine. Oh, you got a bur- grinder? Yeah, I registered for it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Nice. I didn't need to do that. <laughs> Check that out. That was... <laughs> um, so, what else? I mean, there's tons of things you can do inside. There's there's a... You could you could make your winner the, the year that you do... Or the, the season that you do 100 push-ups in a row. There's a good book called... I think it's called Seven Weeks to 100 Push-Ups mm-hmm. by Steve Spires, I believe his name is. Maybe it's Spears, uh, a friend of mine. That's a good book. I'm a big fan of the uh, the Total Gym as seen on TV. Oh, yeah. that is? I don't. It hangs on the door frame, and it's, oh, a, like the pull-up bar it's a pull-up bar, a yeah. chin-up bar. You can do neutral grip pull-ups on there. You can put it under any sort of heavy thing on the ground, and you can use it as a sit-ups thing. So you hold oh. your feet... On it, or not? Sorry, not under. This shows you how long it's been since I did sit up. <laughs> <laughs> you can lay it in the door frame, and using the sort of same leverage principle as it does to stay up while you do pull ups, it can help you do sit ups. I see. Um, so you know, it was one of those that inspired me. A long time listener would know that I did a tried, or I started a habit, and it lasted about three months of doing push ups before every shower. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Um, and that was inspired by one of those total gems that my friend had in his doorway when I went to visit him and I walked by it and I was like, oh, I'll yeah. do some pull-ups uh-huh. and I can only do one. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is really bad. So it wasn't so much the total gem that inspired you, but your own lack of... Yeah, well, I mean, just like having this thing standing there and like, or, you know, judging me basically. Right. Every time I walked by, yeah. You, you like weren't it. doing the, the perfect push-up, were you for that? Also as seen on TV? No, it's the perfect push-up. It's like t- who handles and it rotates oh, yeah, while you're pushing those up are so cool, that it's, it's yeah. perfect. No, I was not doing that. I was just doing standard push-ups and chaturanga push-ups. Okay. Which are good. Good. You know what chaturanga push-up is? No. 
Sounds instead like of your instead push-up. of your elbows going out, you have them like tucked in. Oh, like a body. tricep exercise. Yeah, interesting. Good. So I like those things, I, and I like that sort of habit. I was doing something like that with the total gym at one point. I was doing every day. I was doing some amount of pull ups, uh, some amount of neutral grip pull ups, some amount of chin ups, and some amount of sit ups, and. It was good. Then my shoulders started bothering me with some shoulder issues that I had, but have since taken care of. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll get back on that bandwagon. There you go. All right. Total Gym. Not expensive. It's like a $20 thing you can get on Amazon, I'm sure, or on TV if you're if you're into 800 numbers. <laughs> um, okay. What else? We got the gym. I've been going to the gym recently. Great wintertime activity. I, when I was in college, used to go for hour and a half gym sessions like three times a week and would all into lifting and bulking up. And uh, Tim Ferriss's book, The 4-Hour Body, has really changed that for me, and I've found that I can get really the same results. As far as like when I try to bulk up quickly, same, maybe even better results from spending 15 minutes in the gym and doing t- literally two sets of exercise to failure. So very difficult sets. You're working hard, but it's like 7 to 10 reps, literally two times. Not on each exercise, once on each exercise, and... Uh, you're in and out. It's ridiculous. People probably wonder what you're doing when you sign in and then walk out 20 15 minutes. minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then are you, uh, so are they every day it's different exercises? Well, when you're trying to bulk up, it's only every three days that you're going. Right. And then once you hit any kind of plateau in your lifting, you actually extend it so that there's now four days in between each workout. So it's really about not burning calories. I mean, it, it's minimal effective doses but, he talks okay, about. But every time you go, are you doing the exact same two exercises every time you go? No, they alternate. There's okay. two one day and then two the next time. Gotcha. Um, and what are some examples of those exercises? I've been doing the machine ones, which I'm, I've never been into machines. I always kind of was of the of the mindset that it's better to use the free weights. It's just going to get a, kind of a deeper, I don't know, deeper exercise, a deep burn. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you just you like primitive things. Yeah, and I think a lot of that I think so does you know the paleo crowd. They all get into that CrossFit. It's about doing these things that are pretty natural movements, picking up a weight off the ground. Right, it's a very natural yeah. thing to do. Um, they what's the name for that kind of lifting? Deadlift. No, but like um, <laughs> the, the type of lifting, like when when you're doing practical, actual movements that one would yeah. do. I'm, I should know the name, but I don't. Um, so anyway, I've always liked free weights for that. You have little stabilizer muscles that get worked that don't get worked on the machine. Uh, but because of this way this mass gaining program is where it's you're you're following a really strict scheme. It's like if you get these seven reps, then the next time you're increasing by the larger of 10% or 10 pounds with each exercise. So these forced increases that are really hard to keep up with. Um, because of that, he wants no variation in anything with the weights or the bench you're on. So, or if you're traveling, you know, so, it, so it's all about the machines and, and do exactly the same thing. Um, but I've hit plateau and I'm kind of ready to switch over to free weights and just, you know, maybe, maybe even ease from that back into something slightly more traditional. Um, just, just that for the sake of going to the gym and being into that. Cause it is fun. Once you get used to it, it actually, I really enjoy going to the gym. Uh, it's hard to do for the first month for sure. It's not fun, but then if you can get over that hump, it does become fun. Have you have you been like flexing next to the guy next to you? Yes, of course. You know, trying yep. to outflex the guy. Yeah, yeah. That's what I do for the, for the remaining fourteen minutes when I'm not uh, <laughs> <laughs> lifting weights. Um, but anyway, that's a cool book. Four Hour Body. There's there's some things in there that are yeah, I don't know a bit out there for sure. But if you're just looking for like inspiration around fitness, it's a really neat book because there I don't know there are twenty five or thirty chapters and they're all short and they can be read independently about you know, hacking sleep, how to get strong, how to get big, how to run faster, how to run an ultra marathon in eight weeks. I mean, all kinds of stuff. So fun book. Um, this has turned into like a gift guide episode. We were recommending <laughs> books and that wasn't and seen on TV products and fluids. Yeah, no, it was not at all. But uh, maybe that's what you need to, to keep it going during winter. Yeah. So uh, that's a good book. And you know what I've been into? What else? What, Doug? The sauna. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Where, well, do you, where do you do that? Uh, Katie's yoga studio has a sauna. Okay. You go in there and get a good sweat? Get a good sweat. Do the whole rotation. You do. I do like five minutes in the sauna, and then a, uh, there's a shower right there. So mm-hmm. you, then you can take a cold shower for two minutes, and you go back into the sauna. Is that dangerous? No. It's I've... supposed to be really good for you. Yeah, I know it's supposed to. I heard a doctor, a friend of mine who worked at a hospital, said that the doctors there, when he was doing this, 
we're saying that that's really risky for your heart to be doing stuff like that. Well, I don't listen to doctors. You don't care. Okay. <laughs> it feels really good. And it, Does it? Uh, yeah, it feels so good. Yeah, I believe it's supposed to help with recovery from workouts mm-hmm. in some way. Yeah. Like and and cold it's baths. like detoxing and it's warming. So if you're, you know, if it's really cold out and you're just cold, then, um, you know, it's a good way to do that. I mean, it's how like people in Sweden survive in saunas and stuff. But I don't mean that the saunas is bad. I mean, I oh, mean, the rotating I mean, back, the and, back forth. and forth between hot and cold. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> that's what I do. That's what I was told to do. So, not by them, but, you know, like that's the system. Right. No, so. yeah, people people do that, and it's mm-hmm. a recovery thing. Yeah, I like that, too. I mean, I've never really known... I don't know. I've done it, and then I get, like, 15 minutes in, and I'm like, man, this is really hot, and I want to get out of here. Yeah, and then I, I think that. that that's that's why I like to take... If, if I'm in there, if, if I'm in the actual sauna for more than 10 minutes, I get really agitated. Mm-hmm. But if I go out and cool down and then go back in, that's when I think it feels the best. Gotcha. Any sauna tips there, Doug? Naked? Running shorts? Uh, this is private sauna. It, okay. You know, so it would only fit like maybe four people, if, but you rent it out, you know, so you're locked into the little place. So I'm naked. Okay. But um, not with other people in there, though. You're, you're alone. Right. Good. Okay. Good. Excellent. Um, Oh, water. Yeah, drink water while you're in the sauna. That would be my one tip. Oh, yeah. Like, bring, you're bring pour a, water over the a, rocks and get steam. Yeah. Yeah. You, you put, so there's two, there's two, this sauna has uh, radiant heat, which are just like things in the walls that heat up. Mm-hmm. Or you can do the traditional way, which is where you pour um, water over top of the hot rocks. And it's not like, it's different than a, like a steam place, whatever, the, whatever those are called are different. Steam room. Steam room. That's different. Okay. Than a sauna. Okay. Um, but yeah, it feels, feels really good. But if you bring in water, if you bring in, you need to bring in like a glass bottle or something. Oh yeah. Uh, because a metal bottle would get too hot. Oh, okay. What about plastic? Um, Leach into the air or something? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you shouldn't drink out of a plastic bottle anyway, right? Maybe not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, drink water, take water in there while you're in there. That's good. For so, you to drink yourself. Yeah. To stay hydrated. Right. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Hey, Matt, why don't we take a minute to thank our sponsors? This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Aloha. The holidays are approaching fast. Keep them outpaced with 18 energizing, muscle-building grams of plant-based protein. Aloha protein powder is filled with the very best whole food ingredients like organic peas, hemp, and pumpkin seeds that keep you going all season long. And best of all, Doug, Aloha is the best protein powder I've ever tasted because it's not sweetened with stevia like so many other vegan protein powders. It's sweetened with real apple juice and coconut sugar, and I actually appreciate that. Yeah, I do too. And for an extra boost of whole food, whole body, happy, healthy holiday energy, add Aloha Daily Good Greens to the mix. Just choose one of three delicious blends, chocolate, berry, or original, and pour into your favorite water, juice, smoothie, or dressing. You'll get a full serving of fruit and veggie goodness and a huge burst of energy. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Visit Aloha.com and enter protein code ALOHA20 to get 20% off orders of $50 or more through December 31st, 2015. And this episode is also brought to you by Thrive Market. We all know that healthy eating is part of becoming a better person. So if you're anything like me, you care a lot about the food that you put in your body. The problem is that good food can be extremely expensive, but it doesn't have to be. ThriveMarket.com is the Costco meets Whole Foods online. It's an online shopping club offering the best brands and groceries up to 50% off retail prices shipped nationally for free. You can easily filter by your preferences, gluten-free, vegan, raw, non-GMO, organic, even fair trade. They even have the best non-toxic household, beauty, pet, and baby products on the market. I just ordered a pack of vegan beef jerky and I am super pumped to try it out. But what I love about Thrive Market the most is their charitable mission. For every paid membership, Thrive Market donates a free membership to a low-income family, teacher, student, or veteran. It's truly a great cause. To start saving now, go to thrivemarket.com slash athlete to start your free 30-day trial and get 20% off your first order. All right, good. Um, so that's, I mean, I don't know. There's so much more you can do. Foam rolling, if... if, if you're not going to run that much, but you've always wondered about foam rolling, get into it over the winter. Start a little routine. Mm-hmm. Your, your body will be better for it, even if you're not doing that much running, uh, because it just, it's, it's a good habit. It feels like a massage. Um, 
They're playing around. I mean, I don't know that many other at-home gym or fitness routines. I've always recommended this book, Core Performance, which I've enjoyed and had helped me a lot with running. But it actually comes with, uh, or the company also makes products that you do for kind of at-home workouts with bands and all this stuff. And I mean, it's good stuff. And I, I've, I still like that book. So the whole Core Performance series by Mark Verstegen uh, is, is one that I would really recommend. Not just the Core Performance Endurance book, but there's an essentials one. And it, was, it really kind of is a book that made me feel not just like a runner, but like an athlete. Because I feel you can be a runner and just run and kind of be neglecting a lot of the strength side of running and not really be an athlete. I've heard plenty of stories of runners who show up to something like CrossFit and they're just terribly out of shape. And, and yet they're good at running. I mean, I, I think this is you. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I could only do one and a half pull-ups. Yeah, you right. Know? So you can be proficient at running. Mm-hmm. You can be in, in good cardiovascular fitness, right? Because if you're proficient at running... Then you're probably your body's doing something well to keep going for that long. So you so you're good long term health wise. But talking about strength, uh, talking about you know what what most people say is the mark of an athlete, you don't necessarily have that unless you put some effort into it. And core performance for me, when I was really getting into that and really dedicated to it, that's the most that I felt like not just a runner but an athlete as well. And it turns out that's when I was running my best. Hmm. Were you uh, challenging your neighborhood kids to pick up games of football and stuff? I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> You're like the star athlete. You go around, you know, like oh, okay. challenging everyone to football. Yes, yes. That's what no, I was doing. Okay. Then Doug. No, bad joke. All right. <laughs> wow, wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so how about foods? And we've talked about fitness. And you know, one more thing about fitness, and this kind of relates to food. Ray Cronice, who did the interview a couple weeks back on the podcast, mm-hmm. and I think it was in his first interview on No Media Athlete Radio, and he's not on three that he really focused on the winter stuff. Uh, he has something called the Metabolic Winter Hypothesis, which is what his paper is about, uh, an academic paper, and that was the subject of our second podcast interview. So really, they're both worth listening to. He, of I mentioned Tim Ferriss' 4-Hour Body. Ray was in the 4-Hour Body as the guy who uh, noticed what Michael Phelps was doing during Michael Phelps' heyday. Um, I don't know, on Good Morning America or some TV show, Today Show, they, they were showing all the food that Michael Phelps ate. And Ray saw this and, as an engineer, science kind of guy, wondered how he was possibly burning that many calories. So he figured out how much, how long Michael Phelps was working out in the pool each day and found out that it didn't add up. That, in theory, Michael should be adding tons of weight to his body because he's not burning what he's taking in. Um, but what was missing was that his body was in cold water for so long each day that it, in having to heat itself, it was expending calories. And that's where Ray got the idea of using... Uh, cold stress as as a tool for weight loss, which I don't know if that has really taken off as an idea. That's what got him into this book. Um, but I think I think where Ray has gone with it now isn't so much like here use cold packs to lose weight, which is kind of how Tim Ferriss positioned it in the book. Uh, but Ray has more sort of saying for our general health, you know, we evolved in an environment where there were lots of stressful winters, and and winter would come both in a, in a real sense where it was the season of winter. And times where food was just scarce, and it was sort of like a winter, even though it wasn't cold outside. But your body would go through periods where it didn't have what it needed. And, uh, you know, it, it's theorized that we're probably meant to be in that situation. And, and then a lot of our, our sicknesses nowadays are really sicknesses of, of too much, of, of abundance. We have too much good stuff, overnutrition. So uh, intermittent fasting is one way to kind of simulate this. For a few days, you don't eat. Uh, but with Ray, I mean, I remember I called Ray one time, and it was wintertime, freezing cold outside. And I think I was on my book tour. Yeah, because this was the end of, would have been end of end of fall. Uh, and he was driving in Alabama where he was, like, around for, and we talked for an hour, two hours, and he was in the car with no heat on whatsoever. He purposely left the heat off, and I think he even had the window down, <laughs> like, just to put himself in this cold environment. So we're talking about all these tricks for staying warm while you're running. <laughs> if you can get yourself to do it, it probably wouldn't be that bad to go be mm-hmm. cold when it's cold out. Uh, no one's saying you need to live outside or always be cold. Of course you shouldn't, right? Because neither did our ancestors. They built fire. I don't know when fire was discovered. Just, but, but I'm sure once they figured that out, they started doing it as often as they could. Um, caves. I mean, all kinds of things. 
you're not just exposing yourself to the cold for uh, three months yeah. straight. That's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> yes, don't do that. That is not <laughs> not only really endorsing endorsing that. <laughs> <laughs> But the point get is, sued because all these all the listeners are going to we, We've shielded ourselves from winter to the fact. So Ray, as Ray says, winter never comes anymore. Our body is constantly storing things for winter, and winter never comes. So I feel like the more you can do that, the better. And I don't like it. I hate being cold. Um, but I don't know. We sh- we should point that out. It's not a bad thing to be cold sometimes when it's winter time. All right. Fair. Fair. Okay. I so, think I think your metabolism, like if you keep your if you set the temperature at like sixty seven or something like that, it's like a little bit colder than what people are used to. It's supposed to be better for your metabolism. I believe that. I mean, it's exactly the same. Yeah. Same right. theory. Same, yeah. same theory. Yeah. Sure. I mean, better for your metabolism means. Your metabolism does more work. Your body right, does more work right, to heat it. Yeah. Which, and that's is another issue. People talk about your metabolism. Is it a good thing to have your metabolism speeding up? And in our weight loss culture, it is, right? Because mm, metabolism right. means weight loss. But in longevity culture, it's kind of thought that that maybe your body only has so much metabolism in it. And that, mm. and that and I'm not confused. I don't, I know it's not a liquid or something like that. <laughs> but but just using it in, in, I don't know, as an analogy, that you're... You only have a certain number of breaths to take in your life, for example, which is not true. But that the that as you're right, <laughs> this, if, this episode is derailing quickly. Okay. No, I mean, this is I, this is a legitimate thing. Yeah, if you could find a way to drastically speed up your metabolism, mm-hmm. yes, that would allow you to eat tons of food. That's great, but it probably would also age you extremely quickly, right? Because your body is burning through doing these processes that age your body. So if you can, if you're doing the, if you're doing them at twice the rate of everybody else. Your body's natural processes are happening at twice this rate, and you're going to age faster. But what about active people living longer lives than inactive people? But I don't think they. I don't think that's that's clearly demonstrated, is it? I know they live longer quality years, staying mm. in better shape. But I don't think there's much longevity linked to activity. I know you always try to tell me exercise is healthy, but I don't think it is that healthy. Okay, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I know your whole business is built on exercise, and if I tell you it's bad, <laughs> then you're going to lose all your income. <laughs> no, um, I mean, I, maybe, maybe quality years is a better way to put it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So anyway, I, the the point is, the goal isn't faster metabolism. Faster metabolism is not better metabolism. Uh, it depends, I guess, what you're trying to do. Maybe during a weight loss period, yes, it's better to speed up your metabolism. But wouldn't want people to think that's always good. Okay. okay. All good. right. So, All right. So I take it back. Don't set your thermometer or your thermostat at 67. No, I'm not even saying that. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. Right? Bring we just said 79. Is that what we want? You know, it's good to have a cold. Burn through, all, it's of, burn through cold. all of the all of our natural resources, our, our energy. Oh, here we go with the environment. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to foods before we before we get upset. <laughs> all right. Dudes. Um. So with food. I guess I guess we can seek out warming foods, right? Yep. But are we then just playing into this whole idea of winter never coming? We need to warm ourselves now with our food. You know, I mean, here's the thing. I think that there's a real thing about, I you know, sunlight is something we should haven't mentioned yet, um, and less sunlight and, and getting less vitamin D. I think that there's a real link between um, that type of your mental health when it comes in during the winter and whether from sun and from warmth and from comfort and anything you can do to, um, to make yourself more comfortable and feel more, I don't mm-hmm. know, calm, then I think that that's good. Cause I think a lot of people do get depressed during the winter and have that. Seasonal that's a, that's a real, disorder. yeah, I think that's Sad. a real thing. Yeah. As seen on TV at least. <laughs> no, you know, so <laughs> is it a real thing or did we make it up? Because Seasonal defective? Right. Oh, no, it's definitely a real thing. Yeah, but aren't people making up all kinds of diseases now and then we say no, they're a real I, thing? No, I, I know it's a real thing. <laughs> okay. No, I I think I've suffered from it. Yeah. But uh, is, but because we're suffering from it, is it now a disease? <laughs> or is it or is it just that we're sad because it's not sunny out? No, I think it's a disease. <laughs> I think it's a real thing. <laughs> Okay. I mean, you know, we don't have to go into the whole mental health <laughs> debate here, but <laughs> right, right, okay. No, I think it's a real thing, and and I think that um, you know, there's definitely a link with vitamin D and sunlight to you know to that, and 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 I don't think that there's a link with warming 
comforting foods, you know. Right. Um, but right. I do think that that helps. That helps you be more comfortable. And yeah, I could buy babies. that. I could buy that. That we want to be happier. Right. And good. And for belly's full. And it is stressful. There is an emotional link, emotional thing when you don't have a full belly. That is not fun. So good. So we've got soups. Other <laughs> good. Other good. Uh, Crockpot. Crockpot's good. Yeah. Vegan lasagna. If you can make lasagna, is good. Mm, lasagna, yeah, yeah. Comfort foods, gnocchi, gnocchi, mac and cheese, mac and chard, mm-hmm. is a recipe on No Meat Athlete site from Robin Robertson. Good one. Um, yeah. So I mean, all the comfort foods. We don't. Need, you don't need us to tell you what the comfort foods are. You know what your own are. A mm-hmm. uh, little beer falls in under that category, Doug. Sure. A little nightcap for old Dougie. <laughs> Feel a little bit better about himself at nighttime. <laughs> Yep, yep. <laughs> okay, good. Um, some so, yeah. warming beer, some... Uh, little boozy uh, little oak, whatever it was. Barrel stout. Barrel stout. Yes, mm-hmm. right. Good, okay. Uh, so the last thing we really have to talk about here, I think, is something that we agree on, which is uh, that, that wintertime is a really nice time to uh, kind of, I guess, prepare the ground, for lack of a better for the spring to, to kind of be right not actually going out and preparing the ground for the garden, <laughs> but within your within yourself uh getting ready for for whatever's next uh winter i mean and i think that makes total sense that that is listening to the seasons of um, our lives have seasons in them sometimes they're they're in sync with the regular seasons and sometimes they're not i think i think after you accomplish something really big uh, i've kind of had to learn this i didn't realize this was the case but when you do that you can expect a period of not doing quite so much and and just recovery and not being super goal oriented for goal oriented for a little while uh and i think sometimes they they do sync up with the seasons so mm-hmm. you know race running racing season for running one of the big ones is the fall and i think you can knock out your fall race and then you can kind of gear up for the spring thing you're going to do but you've got nothing to do over the winter not nothing to do but you have no if you're going to be obeying this sort of idea um you're not planning a, a New Year's 50K, which I've done myself. Oh, yeah? And didn't go terribly well because I think I wasn't, uh, wasn't in sync with my seasons. Well, you can still, you can still run the Christmas 10K. Frosty Foot 10K. Jingle all the way mm-hmm. 10K. You, you can still do these things. You're not saying don't do of course not. things. Of course not. But, but that's your big A race thing. You, know, you, just, you can't have too many A races. That's why they're A races, right? You can only pick one. Two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and I think, I think the exact same idea, I know Doug, you, you mentioned this in the context of specifically running, that it is a good time to maybe not think about doing crazy new stuff with your runs, but to build that mileage base up so that once you get through this period where it is kind of hard to get out the door, uh, you come out of it feeling like you're in a really good place, mm-hmm. that you did keep it up. You didn't let the holiday, you know, and this goes beyond running too, but you didn't get totally out of shape and feeling like you haven't run in months and you've been eating terribly and now you've got to rebuild in time for your spring race when ideally you'd be really working out hard and not rebuilding you'd come into the season good right and that, that to me that's how you make real progress with running for me that was what it was when i was able to start a marathon training program after having finished like being in marathon shape at the start of a marathon program that's when the real progress for me happened Right. Uh, so if you can do that sort of thing, I think that's great. And I think uh, the way to do it is if you're not if you're not. I mean, if you're in marathon shape right now, you know maybe maybe it's time to just start training for your spring race and go for it. But I mean, I think it's a really good time to tear everything down, start over from the bottom, build that foundation, and yeah. that's kind of what I've been written a little bit about recently um, and talked about. Is that with New Year's, we, t- we tend to think of New Year's as like the, the switch flips on December 31st at midnight, and now we're going to be different. We're not going to smoke anymore. We're going to run this much per day and do this much yoga and all these different things. And uh, it turns out that doesn't work. But what I found does work is if you can get a little bit of a head start on that, you can still have that start date in mind for your new habit, your official start. Mm-hmm. But use December not as the time to say, okay, I can I can have one more month of smoking or running and I'm or not running and I'm gonna really enjoy every minute of this bad habit of mine uh but instead use it as the, as the planning time and, and even if you can get out for a few runs or you know not have a few cigarettes if smoking is your goal uh or not smoking is your goal then 
I think you're way better off. If you can do whatever planning you can, foundation building to go along with your the running idea here, build that foundation in December. And then when it comes time for you to actually make the switch, when, when the start date actually is here, you're in a lot better position. And I think way, way more likely to make any kind of New Year's resolution last. Yeah. Yeah. I like to, I like to think of December and January, unless you have a really specific March marathon or something like that that you're training for, as really just an opportunity to, to do nothing. Your only goal should be consistency and that base building and, and not even doing huge mileage but just just maintaining the the strength that you have and um and building that and solidifying that habit and making that whole process easy so that when february and march comes and you want to start training for your big marathon or your big half marathon or ultra or whatever it is um then then you've gotten you've laid the foundation in a way that the transitioning into that training plan is is a piece of cake and is only natural Right. Mm-hmm. You'd be itching to run for more. I like that. Because so when we said build a foundation, I was thinking build a mileage base. But I think what you just did was go even a step further back was before even talking about how much mileage you're running, building a foundation by making it a habit in your brain. Yeah. Getting yeah. in the habit of running every day or doing whatever it is that you're after, mm-hmm. doing that every single day. Um, that is a very real foundation that happens and you can't see it happening, but it is happening. And not, not even every single day. We're not talking about a run streak, really. No, I mean, it depends what your, what your goal is. But yeah. if you're trying to develop a habit out of something, every single day is better than every sure. other day. If you, I mean, you'll get it faster by just repeating the action more. With some things like running, it's not necessarily, you know, there are other considerations to make. Maybe there is a room for a day off or two per week mm. and that will help you. Um, but yeah, building building a habit is is building the foundation, and the changes aren't visible until they are. And then suddenly, once you have gotten this habit, and you kind of hit that tipping point of of now, it has suddenly this thing that was hard has now become easy to do day in and day out, uh, and you can start making real gains with it. So uh, good, I like it, Doug. It's December what seventh, eighth today? Eighth, yep. Yeah. So we've still got twenty three days left in the month. Yep. So, you could do something twenty-three times between between now. Not you, Doug, but twenty-three days. Someone could do something twenty-three well, times well, between people today. People are going to hear this until the ninth. So, twenty-one days. They have twenty-one days. Twenty-two days. Yes. Let's assume they have twenty-one days. Okay. <laughs> right. They're not going to hear until the tenth. It'll be twenty-one okay. days. They got three weeks. So you could do twenty-one days. So you could January first. You could know you've done something twenty-one days in a row, and you've got a streak going, and you could have a big calendar on your wall that has 21 red x's on it and you could say i am not breaking that streak yeah whatever it is if you do the little tally marks that's three sets of crossed out yeah that's tallies pretty nice. that's pretty big it's a no it's more than that 21 would be four of those fives <laughs> four right <laughs> yeah right uh, plus one more mark. yeah so i mean you're sitting so pretty in new year's if you've done that mm-hmm. so that's way better than you know being drunk and saying eh, i'm not i'm never gonna i don't know Never gonna drink again. <laughs> <laughs> but until it happens, I am gonna drink it more than ever. Okay, good. So go for it. We mentioned that in our holiday episode, and I hope someone has taken our advice. At least one person, like the person who made your uh, fancy drink. Yeah. Maybe one person has taken our habit advice and done something good that wasn't involving drinking alcohol. No. If if only one person did something, I'm glad they chose the drink. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if you haven't done that, not made the drink, but but uh. If you haven't started a habit, don't think that because you missed December 1st through 7th that you can't. Nah, you can. It doesn't matter. Days. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, right? It's it, Just start now. Yesterday was better than today to start, but today is the next best day. I like that. That's a good quote. <laughs> All right. I made it on myself. Um, we have, we have uh, well, is this, are we wrapping up? The... We're, I think we're close to wrapping. What do you got here, Doug? Well, we got kind of a, an exciting announcement, right? The future episodes coming up in the new year we have a lot of changes happening to this podcast we're gonna have some really exciting things that i will let everyone (laughs) sit on the edge of their seat waiting for but one of them which we will definitely tell more about in the next episode is that we're gonna start live streaming these some of these episodes we are it's gonna be fun we're gonna be using newfangled periscope we think periscope yeah which is a social media that we didn't know about until a month or two ago uh it'll it's it's connected with twitter is it i didn't even know it's connected it's a twitter a thing i did not know that i thought it was its own social media network oh no it's a it's it's connected with twitter okay well we're going to be doing live streaming the recordings of some of these episodes maybe not all of them uh i don't know how long it'll you know we'll, we'll just see we we finish up a podcast a podcast brainstorming session 
for those who are wondering about how the behind-the-scenes No Me Nothing radio looks. And today it looked like us for two hours before this episode started, sitting down, hashing out ideas. Yeah. Planning the, the months ahead. One of one of the new ideas might include phone calls from mothers. People's moms. Yeah, <laughs> we got lots of good ones. Lots of good ideas. <laughs> uh, yeah, but one of them, one that seems to have potential is live streaming the actual recordings of these episodes. And then, of course, editing them down from there like we typically do. We do make some edits now and then when I say inappropriate things. Um, I'll have to watch those, I guess, on, yeah. on Periscope. Uh, but anyway, so we'll have, the, we'll have the live thing. So that you can engage, so that you can ask questions. And, In theory, and, if people mm-hmm. do what they're supposed to do, they will engage and, uh, you know, we'll be able to change the show a little bit. Make it a little bit more like a, a radio show. That would be really cool if people would listen live and yeah, participate. I like it. We'll see. Fun stuff. All right, good. Um, so, so now you know how to run in the winter and not get depressed like Doug does and go to the gym, indoor activities, fluid stance, all kinds of great ideas. Um, set the stage for a powerful spring. Mm-hmm. You know, I should point out, I don't mean to make fun of people who suffer from seasonal affective disorder. Yeah. <laughs> I once... This... That would be the kind of thing we would edit out, I think. <laughs> I uh, I once had a a light, one of those lights that you put in your house mm-hmm. if you suffer from that sort of thing. And yeah. I put it up on my desk, and I, I didn't notice any difference, but I, I was suffering from it enough that I thought that would be a good investment. Yeah. Those little blue lights? Mine was just plain old yellow. Oh, was it? Yeah. What do they, what do they put out? I don't know. Yeah. Happiness rays. <laughs> Rainbows. <laughs> no, okay. It's, it's a real thing. Good. Okay. Excellent. All right. That was fun then. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.